Welcome to the first episode of Breaking Bread. I'm here with my brother and co-host, Vincent Sharada. Hey guys, I'm Vincent, Anthony's brother, and I'm super excited today to have our very first episode of Breaking Bread, sponsored by Growing Up Italian. Also really excited to introduce our very first guest, the famous happy medium, Russo. How you doing, Tim? Hi guys, thank you for having me. Of course. You guys are so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, you know, Kim, from the first day that I that I met you, I had and and I know that you believe in this kind of stuff, um, obviously, but like you had such a pleasant energy about you, like very like I felt a lot of calmness and a lot of I, I didn't have to be nervous. I'm a very anxious person. So, um, like, you know, I, I definitely knew right away um, that you were a very bright soul. Oh, thank you so much. You know, maybe, maybe you sense that I'm a mother of boys myself. So, <laughs> Is it yeah. all boys? I have three. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must have been a handful. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I told your mother that her and I have our, our place in heaven reserved already. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was my my same impression. Like even we didn't formally get to have a conversation too much, but from the stories I heard about you from my family, even just from you coming here, I was kind of like in awe of you. Like if that's a correct way to go about it, I was like, wow. Like there's really just something you know special about her. Like kind of like Andy said, the calmness of it, and you know. Yeah, I, I met you guys briefly when I came to do a home party at your mom's house. Uh, how many years ago was that? That that had to be. Quite a few, four maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Yeah, I think so. Like, cause it was right around the time that I self-published my book, and it was getting republished. Yeah, that, that's when I gave it to you. So that was what? That was like 2019. Would that timeline be right? Uh, I think it was a little bit before that, to be honest. A little bit before that. You you came twice though, right? Yes. I yes. Yes. Okay, that's, yeah. that's true. You're right. I did come twice. So, and, and it's so weird because there was something about your mom that I liked so much <laughs> that um, I typically didn't uh, travel as far as where you lived, but I just liked your mom. There was something about <laughs> her. Like I could not say no to her. And, and plus, plus you wouldn't take no for an answer anyway. And the, the impact that that's my relative on the other side, like that's that's my relative trying to reach me. And I think like a lot of people like like yearn for that to try to get that. And for you to provide that is is just amazing. You know, it is my greatest joy to bring that, even for the moment, to bring people's loved ones through with very profound messages that touch them. Um, there's many people out there, and, and I only say this because I teach this work too. And um, once it, it touches the person's heart and it resonates, the information, the feeling, because you don't only bring through information from your relatives on the other side, you bring through feelings, their personality, their emotions, and um, that's what rings true for people is when you bring through the personality and the emotions of the person. And I think that's, um, I'm very, very thankful and grateful every day to have that gift to give people. And again, it, it doesn't bring them back for good, but it brings them back for the moment. 
of course. And it can be quite healing. So I agree with you uh, because I've been on the receiving end and it's, it packs a huge punch in it, in the healing process. When would you say is the first time that you've experienced something like that? And when you actually noticed what it was? Well, it happened. Um, one day I was, I was out with my girlfriend and we were at a diner having a cheeseburger and the woman sitting next to me was in a booth with a man. And I, and, and the woman I was having lunch with my girlfriend, she's also was a psychic medium. And I said, I leaned in and I said, you see this lady over here? There's somebody here trying to get my attention for her. Oh my God. And I kept getting a very bizarre name. Um, I, for, you know, privacy purposes, I won't say the name, but it was a female name. And my girlfriend said, well, aren't you going to, well, she really was my teacher. She was my teacher slash friend. And she said, well, aren't you going to deliver the message? You know how hard they work from the other side to come through. I said, I'm not, they're having dinner. I'm not bothering them. She said, if you don't tell them, I will. And she just said, excuse me. And she said, my friend here is, is a psychic medium. She has a message for you. And at that point, I said the name. And the woman just lost her breath. And she looked at me and she said, do I know you? I said, no, we've never met. She said, well, that name you just brought through is my son. And he is, he is passed on. Oh my God. My God. And I, and I, I, I was a little confused because it was a female name. But what's wild about the message was it was his last name, not his first name. Oh. But I was describing the person and I was describing, um, Whatever he was saying to me, I was saying, and I was relaying the message. And I said, but that's a, that's a girl's name. She goes, no, that's his last, that, that was my um, ex-husband's last name. And of course, her son's last name. So she said, I don't know how I feel about this. She said, but everything you're saying is accurate. So, um, she was shaking like this and her new husband said, could I take down your phone number, you know, just in case. So I gave him my phone number. It was weird because I wasn't really even doing readings yet. I was still sort of learning about this, this gift and how to cultivate it. Um, and then a woman called me out of the blue and she wanted to make an appointment and it was her daughter and her daughter tried to trick me and didn't want me to know that they were related. And so I, I took the appointment, but I knew exactly that it was the same family because I wasn't really taking appointments at that time. Yeah. And it was actually her brother and her brother came through uh, and I, I didn't charge anyone for the whole first year that I was doing these, this work because I was, I felt like I was still learning, 
but that was the first time that I, I felt I impacted another mother and it, it, it hit me because it was a son and I have three sons oh. and, um, and then I brought the girl's brother back to her that night that she came for the reading in my home. And, but that was the first night that I can actually say I brought peace to, to this family. Wow. That is super. Oh my God. And it wasn't expected. It was totally unexpected. Wow. Well, it, it sort of happened when I was a child. It was ongoing. It was something that I lived with every night. I didn't know it was a gift back then. I didn't even know if it was real, but it was real to me. Um, I shared a bedroom with my sister. We lived in Queens. So oh, really? Yeah. We're where, not- where in Queens? Ozone Park. Wow. Oh the original Italian neighborhood in Queens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm from OZ. And um, not far from actually where you guys grew up. Nope. And every night in my bedroom, my sis- I shared a bedroom with my sister. And I would see these shadowy figures at the foot of my bed, but she would never see them. And I knew what I saw. I knew- but she later in life, admitted to me that although she didn't see them she felt them wow and she's my older sister and she was always trying to sort of calm me down and tell me mm-hmm. everything's okay and just go to sleep um but it was terrifying when you're a young child and you don't know why these people are standing at the foot of your bed and staring you down every night before you go to sleep it was the same group of people I wrote about that in my first book, The Happy Medium. I wrote the whole story. Because, and, and it has helped so many people and people who have children with abilities now. Back in those days, they, they always told you ghosts are not real. You know, it was always portrayed in the movies that they're, they're there to hurt you and harm you. And I'm actually here to tell people, don't tell your children that. Because they are real and they're not all there to hurt you. You know, I'm, I'm trying to shed light on um, and put all the myths aside that they're there to kill you and choke you while you're sleeping. That's not true. You know, they do that for Hollywood to, to, to make it sensationalized and, you know, for box office uh, ratings. But that's not the truth. Um, I do believe it was a, a family of immigrants. And I might I say, I do think they, they might have been from Italy uh, because knowing the heritage like we do and seeing family photos, my dad's from Napoli, he's from Naples. He was born in Naples. And whenever I would look through the photo albums of his relatives, it looked just like these people and they would dress the same, wow. all in black. Like, you know, like the immigrants from Italy would wear always the women were always wearing black if they were if they, you know, were grieving their spouses. And the men were very thin and they were wearing black suits. So I think they might have been immigrants that came to America and they just when once they died, they never left the land or 
the house. Uh, my dad actually built that house. So no one lived there prior to us. But we don't know the history of the land. So. So growing up in an Italian family, like, I can't imagine, like, going up to my dad. I, I guess my, like, mom is much more calm. I can't imagine going up to my dad and telling him, hey, dad, like, you know, I think there are people at the foot of my bed who just tell me to shut up and go back to bed. Like, you know, like, um, what would you say, like, how did you approach your parents or like maybe another relative about what you were experiencing? Well, I wouldn't want to go to sleep every night. I would, I would fight it. And I did, daddy, there's somebody in my bedroom. There's people under my bed. They're in my closet. I know they're there. And the minute the lights go out, they, they appear. And in Queens, as you guys know, there's always like a church somewhere on a corner oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <over> the <laughs> and there was a church across the street that, and there were street lights, of course, shining into the window of my bedroom. So every Sunday when the church bells went off, it would bring me peace. But at night, there was always this light from the church that would kind of come into my window and it would sort of almost make the silhouettes of these shadowy figures more pronounced. Wow. So what happened was um, I would cry and then my sister would back me up and my dad knew that if he didn't humor us, I, I now know he was humoring us, but every night he would come in our bedroom and he would make believe, but he would look in our closet under the bed and he would always say, nope, you're good to go. The coast is clear. And of course, there's a little girl trusting her dad. As soon as he would leave, there they would be again. Wow. So it was a nightly routine that he knew he had. Sometimes it worked, you know, sometimes I would, they wouldn't show up, but most times they were there. And it's funny too, because nine times out of 10, when you're a kid and you're scared of monsters under the bed or monsters in the closet, you know, the parent will come in and there's really nothing there. In your case, there was actually something there. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah just to hear and, and of course my dad never saw saw it because yeah. you know after the age of 10 what winds up happening is you start to get indoctrinated by your parents and your school like well maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm not really seeing this but then sometimes i would feel them like following me to school because we would walk to school and i would always feel like something was behind me and then going up and down the steps in my house, I would feel like something on my back. Like, who mm -hmm. is that? Something's following me. So it, it really wasn't always at night, but that's basically when I would see. Well, now when I see them, it sort of has changed over the years. Uh, now I see them. It's a weird, con it's so hard to explain, but I'll sense an energy around a person like I will sense it as energy and then in my mind I'll see what they look like and what I say in my mind it's the same screen 
that we all have when we daydream or when we um, fantasize or when we remember a memory, Mm -hmm. right? Like if, if you remember going to Disney world as a kid, you all have those images that you can recall on that little screen in your memory bank. And that's the same way I will see what they look like. And I like, I'll describe them too. But then as I, I got older and I learned how they communicate they don't all, they're not all communicating the same way, the same way people don't all communicate the same way, right? Some, some people are better communicators than others. So what I learned was, now this is good for the Italian uh, podcast. When, when they didn't speak English, even to this day, they still can communicate through a medium but it's mostly with images. It's like I'm watching a movie. So they'll, they won't really speak, but they'll show me. And that's how I'll know that they're from another country or they didn't speak English. I got you. Cause they don't use words. They, they use pictures. Isn't that wild? I, I, only, I learned this through trial and error. In this kind of like, um, as you're seeing these pictures or whatnot, um, I don't know if this makes any sense, but I'm going to try to communicate it ironically because we're talking about communication. But um, what would you like, can you experience when other people like have like a sense kind of like you or like, you know, have that kind of gift? I I guess that, that you can say, like, do you feel that they're aware of what you are aware of? If that makes any sense? Yes, I I think I know what you mean. I can I can detect the same gift in other people. Yes. I can detect there's like a certain Well, the first thing is um I I started to see what looks like a funnel, like almost like this at the top of people's heads, like a funnel. And I never I didn't, wasn't understanding what is this like opening that I'm seeing. And I as time went on, my, my guides, you know, angels, guides, they pretty much told me that the opening that you're seeing is that person is a receptor, like a, like a funnel. So I know now that that person has the capability of receiving messages from the higher realms, either from the, you know, either as a medium, a psychic. Uh, from angels, because there's all different realms we can channel. Sure. And I, I will see uh, just different colors around people. Um, and I also know that sensitive people are very open and psychic. When I say sensitive, I mean people with good hearts are typically the compassionate people. Those are the people where their hearts are open and the 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 direct link to being a medium has to go through the heart first. So you will find most mediums are very decent, caring people and psychics. I mean, you know, you will get those people that will use their gift for the not so good. And I hate to say that, but that's in every aspect of life. Yeah. So I have a funny question about that. Um, Do you see that funnel uh, on my mom? Honestly. Oh yeah. 
She's like, your mother is like, all nothing but hot. Because I'll, I'll tell you something funny. So, and I don't know, maybe you could comment uh, to this, like your experience with it or something like that. But my parents used to play Ouija board all the time, right? I don't recommend the Ouija board at all. It, it's a segue into the lower realms. It, gotcha. It, it's, um, you're opening Pandora's box. It's like a mixed bag. You don't know what you'll get mm-hmm. um, with that type of, you know, there, there was a lawsuit that was actually taken against the manufacturer of the Ouija board. Really? Uh, I can't really, uh, maybe it was Milton Bradley. Don't quote me on it, mm-hmm. but there was this big movement to get it off the shelves because um, people that were doing, you know, it wasn't just a game. It was a serious, serious portal to bring through. Um, like you can, it's it's like an opening to lower entities. Yeah. I, even knowing what I'm doing, I wouldn't touch it. I still wouldn't even mess with that stuff. Um, I know, I know of a lot of people that feel the same way where they, they're not comfortable throwing it out. So I know a lot of people who actually burn theirs like with fire. Um, uh, but, and there are some mediums that don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I beg to differ because I, I, I know personally some stories, um, but yeah, because there's different realms that you can connect to. You you know, I I would never recommend anybody to just start opening up to any other realms without prayers and protection and grounding and knowing what you're doing. This is not a joke to be played with. And um, it's really serious stuff, I have to tell you. Channeling comes with a huge responsibility right it's it's like leave it to the experts or just don't do it and and when i say expert is a lot of years of trial error learning on the job training as they say (laughs) you know because you could read a lot of different books but unless you do it and then you have your own experiences um there was one time that a very well-known family came to see me and they were the, they were the family of a very well-known colorful type of a, I don't know, gangster, mobster, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) And their loved one was no longer with us. And I did not know who this family was. They don't, um, they don't give they don't give last names. We don't require last names when making appointments. We just need a first name and um even if it's just a cell phone number in case we have to cancel the appointment. Um we we ask we don't want last names because mm-hmm. we don't want to be accused. You know, when I say we, I mean my office. We don't want to be accused of looking anybody up. Like just you can even give me a, a your friend's name. And then when you come, give me your real first name because we work off the energy of, of your name too. Cause it's, it's part of your essence, right? So long story short, their loved one person did come through and gave a lot of messages that day. That after that 
this was the time I was working out of my home. They left and the, the picture on the wall flew, no joke, it flew off the wall right where I was standing and it almost hit me in the head with the big point and it's a heavy picture. It was hanging in my house for like 20 years. And then I had the most massive headache for migraine for one week. I couldn't do anything. I was in bed for one week. And I didn't think anything. I kid you not. I didn't attribute it to this reading. The following year, the same family wanted to come back. I don't make my own appointments. At the time, my husband was making the appointments. And I had a rule. You cannot see me more than once a year. Because unless something really major changed in your life. They got in the following year, same headache, the same out for the count for one week. And then I put two and two together. I said, okay, maybe this person is not in the higher realms. And I was using all my energy to pull them to communicate. Wow. And I learned. I learned not to use my energy to pull them up. So it's not, it's real. It's real. And that's, that's just one example. So now when you say higher realms, what exactly do you mean by that? So that the viewers are clear. Well, when you, when you leave your body based on your kind acts or not so kind acts you will judge your own self you will judge your own self and you will see and many near-death experience people where they and, and mediums channel the same people uh people that have these near-death experiences they will come back to what you know when they resuscitate them and many of them talk about the fact that Everything good they've ever done in their life, they will feel how it made the other person feel. But everything not so nice they've ever done to people, they will feel what that person felt. So you actually become the receiver of what you've done. And you will will judge yourself based on your what how you how you made people feel in your life. I bet that's making a lot of people second guess some decisions. Right? Yeah. It's like a it's like a life review that that's what they call it, a life review and you everything about everything that ever happened in your life will be shown to you and you will be the receiver of the feelings. So I guess, you know, they when you're when you're a kid and you go along with the crowd in in school and you make fun of another kid you might be that person when you will feel what, what, how you made them feel. Yeah. So my point is uh, based on, on that, you will accelerate to different levels on the other side, or you may stay at a very low level. And that's like a lot of the Ouija board people like earthbound, 
um, I wouldn't call it hell, but you're in your own sort of a hell. Like if you don't forgive yourself and you don't, you're like, you, you, you see the person that you were and you stay in one place. Like a lot of fear-based people don't want to go to higher realms. So they stay earthbound. And those are a lot of the ghosts. Like they're afraid what lies beyond. Um, that's not for everyone. Cause a lot of average people have their angels that will come and just take them. And then based on their religious beliefs, they'll see, you know, their um, religious leader on the other side. Okay, most people, most people, yeah. I'm talking, but there are exceptions. And that's what I'm trying to say. You know, because there are murderers and killers and rapists out there that I don't know if they're just going to go to the higher realms right away. Maybe they will all get there eventually, but not right away. It takes time to evolve. I do have to say, Kim, that just hearing you talk about that, I definitely agree with you in like my own sense of, I guess, what's next, I guess that we can say, because I really don't believe personally speaking in like how you were talking about like a heaven or hell, like the realms thing kind of makes sense to me based off of what, you know, we're doing in this life. And like, you know, I believe in God, obviously I have a St. Anthony chain on. Uh, yeah Anthony well that's that's a a big name in my family my husband my child big a lot of Anthony's but um yeah no I agree with you completely in that kind of sense where I think people get that mixed up because you know there are people coming through to you from all different sorts of realms like how you were saying right so it's not like banished to one place forever no no not at all no, we could, we might put ourselves in this holding place for a while. Um, the Catholics call it purgatory. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there could be a holding place where we, we, we need to learn and we need to evolve. And we, there's schools on the other side, like soul schools, schools for our soul. Like, again, the, the, the goal is always to keep evolving into uh oneness oneness of the creator mm-hmm. okay so we're all sparks of the creator we're all parts of the creator but when we come to earth the ego is what keeps us um surviving in this world the ego of survival the ego of competition the ego of fear is fear fear is part of the ego um so it's like an ego mind that keeps you separate from who you truly are, which is you're part of God and God's all of his power and love. So we're always striving in every life, in every dimension, and every the soul itself is always striving to get back to that oneness. Okay. And when you feel like so separate from God, that's where you are are in the lower realm so it's not that you're ever separate but you are more distant in your consciousness but yeah eventually everything returns to its source so you know science has proven that as well for sure when when i started my teenage years (laughs) i always say i became a mere mortal (laughs) nothing happened there were no people at the foot of my bed i wasn't 
channeling anybody. I didn't see anybody. I didn't hear anything. I don't feel I was, I think I was always very intuitive, but I, I was just a regular person dating, going out with my friends and life was very normal. Um, and life was still very normal through my marriage and my three kids. It was after my third child was born that the, um, the gift kind of came back. I always say with a vengeance, but not um, a bad vengeance, a vengeance like with a purpose. And I feel like when I look back, it's like, wow, I was supposed to get married. I was actually supposed to have my children. But then now they're reminding me of that gift that I had as a child. This is also what you agreed to do. Now we're going to help you learn about this. But prior to having my children, I worked in real estate. I worked in Manhattan. I was a a, a, a real estate, not an agent, but uh, I worked in the, the offices where I would do closings for co-ops and condos. I was a secretary and then I worked my way up to doing closings. And that was my career path. I, I was in real estate in, in Manhattan. And then after the children, I became a stay-at-home mom because that's what my husband and I agreed that I was going to be a hands-on mom. And then as my children were growing, the gifts just kept coming and coming and it was getting, uh, they weren't appearing at the foot of my bed with no voices anymore. Now they were appearing with voices and there were different people come all walks of life, men, women. And I just thought I was going crazy because I was, I would be like blow drying my hair and I would be hearing, hi, my name is Cindy. Um, please tell my mother I'm okay. And oh my God. And I, I, like, I'm like, like what, what is this? Who are these people? Am I imagining this? Is this real? Is it? And, and again, I, it, there's more to the story that I wrote in my first book, but it, it really only started blooming as an adult. It was my whole childhood. And then, it stopped for a big part of my life. And I also think back, I feel like if it didn't stop, I maybe I would not have been a mother with three children. Maybe uh, the, the demand for what I do is so great that maybe it would have taken me to be of service to the world. Because when I stopped um, my wait, taking client, personal clients from my waiting list, uh, when I started filming my, my TV show, I had at that time a five-year wait. I had people calling me. We would call people off the list and, and we, it, it was embarrassing. People would say, you know, that reading was for my wife and she's no longer with us. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like it just wasn't my fault. I was, I'm one person of course, and I wasn't able to get to everyone. So um, my point is, had I started it at an earlier age, I believe my service would have been to the world and I might not have had the children. So uh, they knew what they were doing. I, uh, my, yeah, exactly. soul, my soul had a plan and it had to play out that way. Just to backtrack a little bit, you, you were mentioned that you were supposed to have kids. You were supposed to get married. And once your gift came back to you, that, that you knew that. 
did something or someone tell you that or did you see it in, in, in like a sort of vision or did you just kind of know? Well, that's okay. Great question. I sort of put two and two together because it, it, it reminded me of when I was a kid and, and then uh, as an adult, now I'm able to articulate what that was. But as a kid, I, I wasn't able to know. Um, of course, and it's also in my family lineage on my dad's side. Now he's the, he's from Naples and Italy and his sister, what is it? She's still alive. God bless her. My dad's not, but she is. And and she's his older sister. How old is she? Oh gosh. She's, I, I think she's like 92. She is a healer. And so in the countryside, she had married a man from Venezuela and she moved from Italy to Venezuela. And in her prime days, uh, people all over the countryside would bring their sick children to her and she would pray over them and they would be healed. So growing up, my I remember my dad telling my mom, and I heard them whispering in the kitchen one night, I think she has what my sister has. Like when I would say, I see people in my room, daddy. And then when I became a medium as an adult, it, of course, he was very verbal about it. He says, you have the same gift as my sister, except you're channeling. She was channeling like healing and I'm channeling people, which becomes healing when you give the messages. So, and then my cousins on my father's side, they all have it. So I realized this is, this is a gift on my dad's side. The Italians, my mother's Italian too, but she's Italian, more American. She was born here. That's like us. Right. So it, it's totally on my dad's side. And, and um, I would have to agree with, we, we, we all have it, but my cousins are sort of afraid to, to get involved with it. They just, their path wasn't, this, wasn't similar, but they could pretty much sit down with you and give you a reading that would knock your socks off. I've seen them do it. I, I try to encourage them to do it, but we can't force people. Um, you know, there's many people with amazing gifts out there that, that they don't use their gifts. Artists, musicians, you know, they sort of put it on the shelf somewhere. It's sad. It's sad, but it is the way it is, you know. Um, and and I've never discussed this with you, but what I'm about to say, I'm pretty sure will resonate with you. Um, doing an office job or a corporate job is not really going to cut it for this new generation because you guys came to kind of create a different world than the corporate world. You guys came to bring out creativity and all your gifts. And a lot of your age is becoming very restless, including my own children, where my one son works for um, a, a, a company, you know, with employees and benefits. And he sits behind a computer all day and he hates it. 
He said, mom, I w- this is not what I was born to do in my life. This, I, there's more for me. I'm not fulfilling my sole purpose. And he knows that. And I won't stop him, but he has to find his purpose. But you can't have fear about it. So um, sometimes there's just housewives that their purpose was to raise their amazing human beings. Of course. And go out in the world and help people. And and so everybody's role is so important. But if it's if it's not changing humanity for the better, then I, I find that people are not fulfilled. Like you can have a corporate job, but then you volunteer feeding the homeless. I'm just giving an example. Yeah. And that's what fills up a soul. That fulfills you because you know you're making a difference in someone's life. And that's what it's all about. But you could be at that corporate job and make a difference in your coworker's life. So it's really how you choose to live and how much you choose to give to leave a very decent legacy to say, wow, I had a hand in making this positive change somehow, some way. That's what it's all about. I think a lot of the younger generation is going to find this conversation interesting for sure. And um, I know you said that you currently have two books out right now. Is that right? Yes, I do. The Happy Medium is my first. And um, they told me, I call them my, um, my staff. When I want to have a talk with my guides, I say, I have to have a staff. (laughs) They told me to put out this second book called Your Soul Purpose. And it's, it's exactly everything I just spoke about. And it's, it's, it doesn't really have a lot to do about mediumship, but it helps people guide people to their own soul purpose. And it's, it's all based on, I channeled the whole book. I mean, even to the point where I was having arguments with them. You want me to write about that? I don't know much about that. And then they're like, well, we'll give you the words. Wow. We need this book out there. Yeah. And the book is really, really prevalent to what's happening now with, um, since the pandemic, so many people are um, learning new ways to make a living. Yep. And following their passion. And some people were, were forced into it. But, you know, that's, always winds up to be a good thing in the end. But it's forcing people to go within to bring out their creativity. Like some businesses just needed to learn how, uh, for for example, um, there's this one company I know that is, um, they would just sell to supermarkets and the produce and, and food. But then during the pandemic, they added home delivery to regular consumers because it was a whole nother uh, avenue of, of income for them. Revenue, yeah. So it's like just using your creativity to dig deep, believing in yourself to know that there are other ways to fill your soul purpose and make money doing it. 
Because what I teach people, and this is having to do with what I do, sometimes people say, wow, you know, God gave you this gift, Kim, you know, how could you charge for your gift? And that's funny because, well, I have to eat, right? (laughs) And also, you really don't charge for your gift. You charge for your time. It's a good way to put it. I want to encourage everybody out there that um, you're doing it for the right reasons and you're coming from a place of goodness, right? Because you have integrity and you want to, you want to give people good service, good, good products, but you also need to charge for your time. That's having respect for yourself. So along with the books, you have an online website as well, right? I have a website. I have a, a, right now I'm doing a lot of um, crystals because crystals are very powerful. Uh, They were, crystals were in, in, in a lot of ancient days, very healing and they still are people don't even know the power of crystals and how healing they are and protecting they are so that's another aspect that my guides uh got me very interested in and actually during the pandemic brought that out for me it's like i started learning about immune systems and how to keep your immune system up and crystals are so so relevant on so many levels in healing and protection, grounding with the 5G, with um, uh, keeping immune system healthy. So I actually, I had an online business once before, but then I got so involved with um, touring and my books and my, my TV show that I had to kind of put the, the store on hold. And then COVID gave me such an opportunity to bring that back and, and, and more. So I'm really happiest when I'm dabbling with my crystals and I, I make all the kits myself and I pick wow. certain crystals for certain people. And yeah, that's on my website, Kim, the happy medium.com. Um, I'm also being pushed to write more books. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I have a few different books in my head that I'm working on right now. Um, And again, I don't do anything without higher wisdom and guidance. Uh, I listen and I, you know, I have a a staff meeting and I say to my guys, I say, listen, if you want me to do this, like with the first book and the second book, I said, you need to bring me the publisher. And the publisher appeared. Wow. Like, wow, this is freaky. <laughs> so I, that's how I live my life. It's like, you know, I go based on intuition, instinct. I don't always know why I do what I do, but I, I feel it feels right or it doesn't feel right. And I honor it and I never question it because whenever I question my gut and I don't listen, I'm always sorry. So that's a valuable lesson for you guys. Learn, l- learn from me. You know, Anthony, I don't know. Are, are you taking any acting lessons? No, but I've been in front of cameras a lot lately. Your grandmother's with the both of you nonstop. I feel like she is like a second mom or helped raise both of you. She's She doesn't miss a beat. I mean, and like, 
it almost goes without saying. That's what I see. Oh. But there's an actor, and I, I swear, I know this is going to sound, I'm embarrassed to even say it because it sounds so wacky, but I really saw James Gandolfini. Wow. <laughs> and I, it could be for either one of you. I never personally met the man. So that's why I'm like, this is weird, but I'm seeing him. That's weird. Wait a second. I met James Gandolfini a few months before he passed away. And he actually did something that was um, very kind and stuck with me for the, for my, for till now. Stuck with me very, very close. Uh, he did something for you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. then that would make more sense. Yeah. Um, long story short, um, he was shooting in Forest Hills, uh, his, his last film. Wait, wait. I, I don't, I want to continue with, with the message. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, of course. I say anything. What, my, what I was going to say to whoever is going to be acting, and maybe this is for both of you or one of you, or maybe it's for Anthony. Um, and it's, it's an influence in the acting field, influencing. This, it, that's the word I heard will influence in the acting so i'm like well is he acting i don't know <laughs> so, so maybe it is you Vinny, but I, I don't i can't say i really can't say mm-hmm. i just saw one like i thought it was anthony it, it looked like anthony to me that's why i asked is anthony going to be doing that and i see a camera in front of him and i see acting and i see I saw James Gandolfini like influencing. Um, but see, we don't know. It, it may sound unusual right now, but things might happen in between where this will make complete sense. Yeah. So like you said something about the Sopranos as a joke, or you love the Sopranos, but you we don't know what's coming and how it's going to wind up or if there is going to be a role or a remake or we don't know. So, or maybe it's going to be like an off Broadway thing. I don't, it could really be anything, but that's actually who I saw. And I was like, okay. this is interesting. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. No, I did not expect that at all. Was that our grandmother or was that just what? No, it was him. It was actually him. Yeah, actually him. <laughs> and then the yeah. fact that you're telling me you met him and he did something kind for you, that makes me feel better because then this makes more sense to me. Yeah. Does that make I, sense to you? Now you can say what it is if you'd like. My mom, um, and, I, and I actually wrote this story on Instagram and his son actually found it, which was a really cool thing. It, I'm, I'm going back a while, but... um. Wow. Well, yeah. Wait, you also went to the Sopranos house and you drove his car. car oh shit, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I sat in Tony Soprano's car. I'm working uh with some of the people who are involved in Sopranos Con right now. I went to see the premiere of the new movie last night. Well not the premiere, an advanced screening. So a lot of Sopranos recently. Yeah, a lot of Sopranos around me lately. 
uh, it makes some kind of sense, especially if you like think about him a lot or you, because that'll, especially if you're connected to his, I remember, what did you do so great that his kid thanked you? Oh, um, so I put a picture of him, me, and another friend from high school, and I told the story behind the picture. So he was on his last shoot, the, the, the last movie that aired being on before he passed away suddenly. And um, I like, remember, he looked tired. He, he was exhausted. Like, you can just see he was exhausted from filming the whole entire day. And I was waiting there with my friend for hours and hours to, just to see him, just to shake his hand. I didn't want a picture, any of that sort of stuff. So I'm, like, sitting there, and my, like, mom comes because she heard that he's around and she loves him. So, like, you know, she, like, uh, went up to him and, you know, they, like, took a picture. She was a little upset because he didn't seem too, like, amused because he was tired. Then um, I asked him, I'm like, sir, can we please take a picture with you? He said, yeah, me and my friend uh, posed for a like, picture. And then my, like, mom says, we, we love you, James. And he smiles from ear to ear, like a bright, bright smile. And after that, you know, I kind of scurried away because I didn't want to bother him. I could see he was exhausted and he pulled me back, turned me around. He's a big guy and he held out his hand for me to shake my hand. And for some reason that just stuck with me forever. And I told the story on Instagram and his son found it, which I, which I thought was really cool. He reached out to you, the son? No, he just liked the post. I like tagged him in it and like he like saw it, read it and then... Like the Instagram post. That's really cool. That's cool. Listen, crazier things have happened. One time I did a reading in a group and uh, Sonny Bono came through. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, listen, something's up here. Why is Sonny Bono coming through? Is anybody here related to him? She goes like this. She goes, he's my cousin. (laughs) I said, oh, all right, there you go. They're people too. They're people too. Yeah. And and you do okay then maybe it's that one incident com- connected to all the other things you love but I actually saw influencing you to act. So let that unfold. And but the information is always present. It's always there. I just have to shift my listening skills, just like your television is always in your room. And if you have it on 24 hours a day, you can choose to listen to what the TV is saying, or you could be focusing on reading a book. It's where you put your attention and that's what you'll, you know, you, and you can do both at, at one time. You can watch your TV set and read your phone. You can shift back and forth. So that's how we do it. Between the dimensions. Kim, and just to wrap up, because I know that we're keeping you and that you're in the middle of a bunch of stuff. uh, Is there anything you'd like to tell the audience at um, Growing Up Italian and I guess the audience of Breaking Bread? The audience, soon to be audience. You mean my paisans? Yes. (laughs) Well, I love that you're doing this. Uh, I'm so proud of my heritage, uh, truly. I mean, I love all people, but, you know, there's nothing like when I went to Italy for the first time two years ago, 
I was there as a baby, but I don't remember. But two years ago, prior to COVID, just to hear people talking Italian, because it's <laughs> what I grew up with. My dad spoke Italian in the house to my mom. Um, it's you just don't even have to know them, but then they're they're just family, you know. It's like it's like a. I don't think you would understand it unless. I mean, maybe maybe each nationality and heritage has the same thing, but um, I don't know. I just I love this. It's we have our own kind of language, I guess, <laughs> right? Um, and I love that you're doing this and. You know, I post pictures on social media and I get these comments like, Kim, could you be any more Italian? And I'm like, is it, does it show? Like, like, how do you get that from that? You know, I don't know. I don't think I portray that so much, but I guess it comes through. Yeah, no, listen, for everybody out there, I want to give a big shout out to you guys because I'm honored that this is your first show. I'm really honored that you asked me. And um, I'll tell you, you're two good Italian boys that. Thank you. They don't really make them like that too much, you know, um, anymore. So your mother should be very proud. (laughs) And I know she is. (laughs) And let's like, this is just some really good information that you're bringing to people, really. Because you guys are doing it with integrity and um, just as the receiver of the interview, you guys are truly interested in, in like you, you didn't do it just for the interview. I could tell you really wanted to know and you're interested and that's why I know you'll be very successful. So for sure. I suggest that if people want to get a little bit more insight into Kim than just this conversation, Definitely go buy her books. Thank you. Thank you. Anywhere books are sold, you can get my books. 